And we're live. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again to another My Guest List Pod interview show. I'm Darren, and this is the show where the guests on my list get to have some fun with their favorite list countdowns, and we get to know them and their work a little better. Remember, if you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can find me and the show at My Guest List Pod pretty much everywhere you look. And remember, if you'd like to join the Discord server, I'll put the link in the show notes and you can come on over and we can talk about podcasts and share podcasts that we're all listening to and just in general, get the word out there on all the stuff that people are producing, all the content people are creating and just grow the community. Be great. Little note on uh, the show as such, I have moved all my stuff upstairs away from the rest of the family. So, uh, one, they don't have to tiptoe around the house when I'm recording, and two, I can record in a little more silence, which hopefully will mean that there's better audio for the show as we go forward. I will have to treat the room a little bit. It's a little echoey, so uh, apologies for that. And if it sounds like I'm actually recording in an aviary, uh, being upstairs does come with the, the problem of a lot of bird noises. We, we have a lot of trees around our house and, uh, you can hear them a lot more up on the second floor. So I didn't quite account for that. But anyway. So this week I'm talking to a gentleman from Australia, from Western Australia in particular. Uh, he is one of the hosts of a very, very funny countdown show that generally count down movies and different lists of movies and things like that and do reviews on movies. They're very entertaining. They've been around for quite a while too. Uh, they're one of the podcasts that uh, started fairly early and have, you know, really grown their audience and have a very, very loyal following so it's it was great to talk to someone with all that experience and we talked a little bit off air about uh, podcasting and what i could do to make the show better as well and it was great to get some of his input paul and wayne do a, a great job on their show and i have them on a regular rotation to listen to their show sometimes just to listen to what wayne's going to get up to uh, and how paul reacts to it more so than i do for the countdown so uh, it's a really good uh, dynamic that they have and although i'm only talking to paul today if you tune into their show you'll see what i mean so without further ado let's get to it and today it's my pleasure to welcome one half of the hosting duo from the countdown podcast a show dedicated to movie and TV reviews. All the way from across the Nullarbor, Paul, welcome to my guest list pod. Thanks, Darren. It's a pleasure to be here. Really, really uh, stoked to have got the invite to have a chat to you today. Cheers. Uh, not a problem. I've listened to your show now for quite a while. I've done, done a lot of the, uh, the the backlog of your of your show, and uh, it's been very entertaining. <laughs> very, very entertaining. Uh, you and Wade do a fantastic job, and amongst all the the craziness there's some really good uh <laughs> reviews and uh a lot of insight into into movies and and tv and pop culture which i really appreciate and I, and i'm sure all your uh, listeners do as well uh, you're very kind i was about to say you're probably a glutton for punishment if you've gone through the back episodes <laughs> because it's pretty raw and uh awful at the start i would say uh, obviously you do something for a long time we've been going for 
just over six years now, you, you get better at it, you would hope, with time. But um, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Not a problem. So let's start with the uh, Paul Prezula backstory. Who are you? Where are you from? And let's learn a little bit more about you. Well, I guess first and foremost, I, I'm a film fan, and that's really what got us to the show eventually. Um, I've lived in Perth my whole life, came very close as we were talking off mic before, to moving to Melbourne to 13, 14 years ago. Didn't quite eventuate. So, yep, here in Perth, um, I work as a, I'm a clinical psychologist. That's my day job. And I'm also quite creative, at least I think I am. And so I've long wanted to be a writer. And that, in fact, before I did psychology, I switched across from journalism and creative writing, which was my first two majors. And then I realized I hated being a journalist and wouldn't do it for all the money in the world. Fair enough. Yeah, so I, I, if, if I had my choice, if someone to pay me the same amount of money, I would start writing tomorrow. But um, you know, the job I do is pretty rewarding, so I'm very thankful in that regard. Okay. But we needed a bit of a creative outlet. I don't have enough time once I had started a family to to really engage in how long it takes to write. So turned out that through discussions with my co-host, Wayne, who, who you mentioned, we thought we could put together a podcast because what happened was basically I we had our first and only child. And when she was a baby, I, I gave up sort of watching movies because I just got sick and tired of walking away from the film I was watching 17 or 20 times in the course of a film to tend to baby or <laughs> I you know, that you know, crying, <laughs> yeah, crying, screaming baby, feed the baby, change the baby, all that kind of stuff. So I started listening to podcasts instead because I could keep doing that whilst I had uh, the baby in my arms and, and doing whatever I needed to for her. Yeah. And through that process of listening to two or three in particular, uh, quite a lot of episodes, I thought, well... Not that I could do better than them, but it might be fun to do something like these shows, and that's where the countdown Genesis was born from, at least one part of it. I'll tell you about the other part in a second. Okay, fantastic. Well, that's that's actually one of the questions I was going to ask you, was what was your uh, Norwegian band moment, which is my little dad joke that my boys hate. Um, <laughs> so uh, the aha moment was pretty much just a, a, a situation with your daughter and and uh, making use of your time as uh, best you could, I guess. So which was exactly. yeah, and I, I appreciate that. Having three uh, sons of my my own, I I understand that your your time all of a sudden becomes uh, not so much your own as it, it used to be. So you, you you work around it, you adapt. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Wayne has. Been one of my best friends, if not my best friend, for G and I on thirty years, and when we went to high school together and, and met through that way. Uh, and when I'd moved in with my daughter's mother, she lived on the other side of the river here in Perth, and so I was out of my comfort zone and away from my my hood, so to speak, for yeah. a couple of years. And what was happening, what we would do is once a month we'd get myself and Wayne, we'd all gather at Wayne's place along with four or five other friends. We call it the Chill. And we'd hang out and just chill and have a few drinks and whatever else and catch up that way. And what I found a couple of times I did through that two or three period was we came to the end of the year and I'd start asking people, what's your favorite film of the year? And then we would inevitably all kind of wonder, what did we watch this year? In my case, it was very little around the time my daughter was born. But yeah. uh, we would go through the release dates and everyone would sort of start ranking their films. And at some point, that was when I was starting to mull over the idea of a podcast. And I said to the to the assembled group, like, I reckon there's a podcast in this. And Wayne was the only one who sort of responded positively. The other's like, ah, oh, too hard, too much work, who could be asked, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then Wayne and I got to banding back and forth ideas, and eventually we came up with, well, what if we just did a, a topic and ranked it from 10 through 1? And initially it was meant to be quite a serious thing, but it didn't take long before 
the banter between the two of us sort of came out in the show, particularly my co-host's uncouth <laughs> sense of humor. Uh, yeah, we kind of rolled with that, and that became the thing I think that's attracted most of our listeners. Yeah, and speaking of Wayne, look, Wayne's not with us today, obviously, but I'd like to give everyone an, an, an idea just to – Give him a bit of context for <laughs> who Wayne is. So uh, I'll just play this little little recording I've got here. Oof, that's a damn, that's, that's right up the butt. <laughs> no way, wow. man! That movie rocks, y'all. I'm gonna need a couple extra inches on this thing. Have you got a pill like that? <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> that shit. That's All what of your <laughs> arguments are like my asshole, man. <laughs> Right. Okay, first of all, you and your falling on your sword can suck my dick, okay? You didn't wrong anyone. All you did was fuck up the brief, so fuck you. Well, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, eat my balls. <laughs> <laughs> Punk-ass bitch. <laughs> Only you would know the years, too, you punky bitch. And I said, uh, Paul, for me, Wayne lost at the very start with Tennant. Yeah, but he always wants your dick. <laughs> what? That is absolutely not true. <laughs> Smiley is a reasonable, rational individual. Dick! <laughs> Eat my ass! <laughs> Eat all the asses, man! Yeah, Good, that that's alright. Yeah, that's Wayne. Pretty accurate. Not played up at all for the mic. Uh, <laughs> no, look, he's a really lovely guy, as much as that may not seem that way. We give each other a lot of shit. Um, generally, he gives, tries to give me a bit more shit, and that's why I have to resort to the soundboard, which we have as a sort of unofficial third member of the podcast, where I just punch buttons of movie quotes and film quotes, and quotes of Wayne himself back at him, which he infuriates him and he really, really hates, but uh, the, the listeners get off on, uh, or at least seem to enjoy that part of the show. Well, as one of your listeners, I actually, I think it's fantastic as well. It's very funny, and you don't overuse it, which uh, I have heard on other podcasts sometimes. It's a little bit like a... A morning, uh, you know, drive show with some of the buttons <laughs> that they keep, <laughs> keep hitting, but it, it's actually really funny. Speaking Thank of- Thank you. I'm glad. No, that's you good. hear that, Wayne, if you're listening? You're <laughs> <asshole>. <laughs> so, Wayne is quite a big personality. Is he like that in real life or is he more subdued when you're, you're actually out in public? Oh, uh, look, I guess, what is it? 90% that's Wayne. 90% that's me. I think both our bigger traits were probably 10% exaggerating, if I'm really brutally honest. Yeah. Like, but he will be the kind of go, guy who will say, you know, what the fuck are you talking about, man? That's fucking bullshit. But he wouldn't perhaps be so as vehement or as, okay. as intense as he is. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's a lot more polite and well-mannered around the fairer sex, shall I say. Okay. So yeah. when it's with the boys, then that's probably pretty close to him. But the rest of the time, when he's professional or when he's with the women, uh, he's a lot more respectful of his words, unless they're, they're our close female friends, which case he's helpful and are there as well. <laughs> well, I was going to say, if he is like that, how much trouble does he get you into? He has this ridiculous capacity to not get in trouble, particularly from women. Like, it shits <laughs> me to tears. Like, you or I, I mean, I shouldn't speak for you, Darren, but the average guy could say something it relatively, let's call it what it is, potentially sexist, but in a, yeah. in a, not so much these days, but maybe rewind 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago and just not thinking and yeah. and get pulled up for it immediately. Like, yeah. you know, not physically slapped because there's nothing that bad, but, oi, that's not appropriate. Yes. Like, you know, do you realize what you said there? And, and I, oh, yeah, yeah sh- absolutely. Again, I don't want to make it sound like I'm sexist. It's <laughs> not the case at all. Um, but Wayne, he could say that today, that kind of shit, and he'll say it in such a way and people will go, oh, that's Wayne. Jeez, <laughs> oh, it's a superpower. Oh, it's it shits me. We had a we've got a friend of ours, Ali, who's part of the Shield Group, and he was on two or three times early on in the early days of the podcast. And then he kind of just said, "Look, you guys, 
got too professional for me, too intense for me to sort of feel like I could slide in casually anymore. So I'm just going to beg off. But he he put a, a female coworker onto the show, and she listened to Wayne's, you know, shall we say, politically incorrect humor for weeks on end. Apparently, it was one comment I made at some point in time. She just went fuck this show and turned off. So oh no, <laughs> what? And Ali himself lost his shit laughing about that because he was just like, yeah. It doesn't make any sense, does it? So even women who haven't met Wayne will forgive him his shit. That's funny. That's really funny. Can, so, <laughs> so, so Wayne is of uh, Asian heritage. Yeah, he's he's Singaporean. He's born okay. in Singapore. Okay, because so, in my area where I live, uh, we have a a, a lot of uh, people from Singapore and Malaysia and uh, Hong Kong, yeah, you know, China and things like that. And mm-hmm. I, I deal with a lot of people from from Asia with uh, my job, and and I must admit, uh, he swears way more and says stuff that, that I never hear from any. You know, I've coached a lot of Asian kids for <laughs> basketball as well, and no Asian I've ever met has ever said some of the things that he's said. <laughs> so it's, well. <laughs> He was born there, and, and look, his his mother is a was a Catholic school, you know, principal. Oh, you're and, kidding! <laughs> no, and his father. I mean, his father's a bit more of that same sort of cheeky sort of sense of humour. Yeah, yeah. uh, back in the day, unfortunately, he passed away many many years ago. Okay, but um, so that's probably where he gets it. But they did move here when he was like two or three, I think. Yeah. So. He's pretty Australianized as far yeah. as Asians go. Yeah, no, he he sounds like a, full, a lot of fun, and and the dynamic between you guys is obviously, I think, what everyone comes back for. Like your your movie reviews and the insight that you give is great, but it's it's a, it's a very fun dynamic. You know, you can put on your show, and you're going to end up smiling at some stage, and if not, you know, uh, raucously laughing. So uh, it's good fun. That's that's mission successful. Then thank you for that. That's that's what we're looking to do. Entertain Wayne will say to this day if, we, if it was here right now, he'd say we're a comedy podcast. The movie reviews and TV reviews that's secondary. And that's I say, well, we're a movie and TV review podcast <laughs> yeah. and a comedy podcast second. So Fair there enough. you go. Fair enough. So you have a really loyal fan base too. You had, did you ever think you were going to get as big as you did? Like you've got over what is it over two hundred reviews. Yeah, we're over 200 reviews on on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Um, no is a short answer. In fact, it was just last week, not recording this weekend, the weekend before, where we were kind of reflecting on that and just going, it's hard to believe that anybody listens to our shit and comes back for more. Um, but we're, we're humbled and we're honoured and you know, we couldn't couldn't be more thankful for the listenership that we do have. Uh, if it got more than, you know, I can't even say my mum listens because she doesn't. <laughs> but uh, got anyone be outside our immediate family or a couple of close friends, uh, that was going to be a bonus. And yeah, we got there pretty quick, but it, it's taken a long time. It's very organic. Like I would say the first year we had SFA in terms of listens and we just sort of kept doing it because it was our out. It was our creative outlet. Like I was mentioning before. Mm-hmm. And from there, particularly the last couple of years, it really has grown and yeah, couldn't be more stoked at the fact that people enjoy our show. Oh, that's great. Well, I didn't actually realize you'd been going for six years. I, you know, I, I go back through the back catalog, but I, I didn't probably take too much notice. That's a fair effort to be going for so long. And, and it's, it's so long. Yeah, you didn't even bother celebrating our sixth birthday. We're just like, oh, you know, we did, we did fifth birthday. That's a big, big mark. And we'll just wait. And if we get to 10. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, that's, that's cool. No, that's right. You're right. We have about 180 episodes on iTunes, but to get anything beyond that or before that, you have to go to, the Podbean website and, and have a look there. And even that only goes back to it's episode 40. 40. Yeah, yeah. And then before that, you have to be a patron to get those okay. those lost archive, terrible sounding episodes. Okay, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so where are the uh, where's the bulk of your audience from? Yeah, look, it used to be the States. Yeah. 
that we would have it would be something along the lines of about call it 40 percent would come from the states there was about 35 percent from australia and then the other sort of 25 percent uk canada ireland we have a, a bunch of listeners in germany uh they're the main countries and, and every so often for whatever reason india pops up as well um but that's real in the top five countries for the month so they're the they're the main ones okay uh, i would say do you get to um interact with your australian listeners uh, other than by email or anything like that do you ever have you ever met any of the, the listeners not in not in person we a couple of times we banded around the idea of a of a live show at least here in perth yeah. but Really, probably to, to make that viable, one way we'd have to grow a pair of testicles because he wimped out when we did have a sort of 50-person area that we were pretty confident we could fill. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, we probably need to be a couple of times bigger than we are if we really were serious about maybe getting on the road and, and doing a, a show uh, in, in non-COVID times, of course. So we're not big enough to really sustain those numbers. But yeah, um, yeah and so... No, we haven't. We've also talked about maybe we're going to get together just as a social drinks thing with, again, the local listeners. Uh, and quite a few people said, yeah, they were keen. Just haven't quite got around to pulling the trigger on that as of yet. Because I could, I could see you and Wayne especially doing, like you said, a live show. And if he's anything like he is on, on the podcast in, in real life, then I think uh, that, that would be uh, right. So you, you, your audience would really enjoy it. And if you could have that interaction, <laughs> uh, I'd love to come to it. That would be fun. Oh, thank you. Yeah, look, it's, it's funny that, you know, again, behind the scenes or peeking behind the curtains here, and I think the hardcore listeners know this about us now, but uh, the, the irony is Wayne, as big a character as he is, he's, he's the bigger – he's more anxious than I am about sort of things like public shows or doing okay. a live set yeah i'm quite like yeah let's just do it my job entails me having to speak to large people large groups of people quite a bit so yes. i don't tend to blink about that kind of thing yep um and he's also the one that gets all cranky and wants the, the show cut shorter and cut and enough no it's too much we need to we need to shorten this down whereas it comes across like i'm the officious one <laughs> so for the record it was for funny. any of our listeners who are listening to this now you've heard it here formally and officially not just behind the scenes of me making a crack and wayne going yeah 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 what the fuck get fucked so yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, that's good to hear. So it's funny. <laughs> he's not here to defend himself, but yeah. even he would agree. Yeah, I'm that, sure that's that's cool. I, I I wondered that was one of the things I wondered whether or not he he would translate into in person being as dynamic <laughs> and uh, self assured as he is. But uh, you said it's ninety percent Wayne, so I'm I'm sure he'd be he pr- pretty much the same. Uh, and yes. he, sorry, I, I reckon he would he would. But yeah. what and in his defence, what he's worried about is the fact that I edit. Uh, every okay. episode of the show. So <laughs> every so often I have to pull him up and just say, Oh, that's going too far. We're not we're not going with that or yeah. whatever. And his initial response will always be, Really? And then <laughs> we have to have a discussion. But uh normally he comes around and agrees that that's fine. So he's a bit worried about sort of happening live where there is no pull the pin kill switch there's slash no filter and there's no edit yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's all right uh, that's funny all right look i did ask you on to the show to uh one to get to know you and to promote your show obviously which is is good but i am really interested in the topic that you've chosen to count down so your topic is top 10 sci-fi films of the 80s what a fantastic decade by the way absolutely so We'll start the the countdown for your list, but there's one thing on your list. There's no ET, no Blade Runner, no, no Terminator. It's spoiling it, Darren. It's spoiling it. 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm spoiling it a bit, but uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into it then. And we you can you talk- want me to defend myself as we go. <laughs> well, you've met the cat's out the bag now. You may as well ask the question about ET. No Vlade runner, no ET. That's correct. Yeah, okay. Look, um, any reason why? Like, they were pretty big. <laughs> yeah, but um, if you listen to our show, you'll know that uh, we don't just go with what's big. We go with no. what, you know, strikes a chord. We try and be as legitimate. Oh, we are. We're as genuine as we can humanly be about our choices. And we we will apologise for them where appropriate. And I, you know, there's one or two here today. I'll say, look, I acknowledge not many people may have seen this this yeah. film, but I look upon this as an opportunity to give people something to go and watch. You know, yes. I know we're yeah, here in Australia. I know we're doing very well with COVID, and I know you've been through a much rougher trot over there than I have over here. But you know, there's a lot of people around the world who are still stuck largely indoors and probably pulling their hair out and having paced their living room seven million times around and around over the last 12 or 14 months. So if I can not just reaffirm people's love for some of these films, and I know that some of these are really beloved films, but point people in a direction where they might be able to get a kind of hidden gem that they can seek out and watch, then that's me doing a little favour for the world. Definitely. And, again, I'm not having a a go really because (laughs) I did ask for your favorite top 10 yeah, so it doesn't the, doesn't have to be the 10. biggest top 10 it's what you really want and that's what i wanted to see so you know like we'll take blade runner for example most people would probably acknowledge it as one of the best sci-fi yep. movies um maybe even ahead of its time in terms of you know oh, sure the way it was shot and i i think it's a, a great movie i actually really like uh the 20, 2049 as well yep. i thought that was okay. equally a great movie but uh, and that's the only reason. Something's as, as big as that and as big as E.T. was. Uh, I, I thought, uh, you know, they, they might have made the list. But, look, E.T. probably wouldn't have made the list if I did it for myself as well. Yeah. For the I mean, I, I haven't watched E.T. in a long time, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, and I, my daughter's at the age now where she could watch it, but I think my mum beat me to the punch and watched it with her. So okay. there's no reason anymore for me to, to watch it again, yeah. uh, unfortunately. Yeah. And whereas Blade Runner... And this is well known to our listener community, but to your listeners who've got no idea of who I am uh, or who our show is, I didn't watch Blade Runner until about two years ago. I did. That that came out recently as well, I think, on one of the shows I was oh, listening to. So, yeah. Whenever 2049 came out, was that three years ago maybe? Okay. So, yeah. So, basically, in prep for 2049, I watched the first one and I missed the boat. And okay. I'm sure just about everybody's had this experience. You've got friends or family who are raving about a, a film that they watched in their youth in their 80s Context. or the 90s maybe. Yeah, of course. Yep. 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 It's nostalgia. Like you watched it at the right time. It yes. struck you on the right nerve. And whilst I can appreciate how good Blade Runner was for its time, uh, and, and even 2049 as well, both of those films I find very slow and very ponderous, and they're not they're not my style of, of sci-fi. So yep. as much as I appreciate what they achieved, um, they're not my favourites. And, and Blade Runner, again, it is a, a, a situation where – I'm a little bit older than you, and I did watch that probably with, and I'm looking back through rose-coloured glasses at something like that, and I got to introduce that and then 2049 to my son, my eldest boy, my little, my two younger teenagers haven't watched that yet, but I'm looking forward to when they they do want to watch it. But uh, yeah, so all right, let's let's start number ten. What's your number? All right. Number 10 is a bit of an Australian classic, I think, and it was a film which really made an impression on me. Probably didn't watch it when it first came out in 81. I would say I was a little bit older before I would have been allowed to watch it, but 
It because uh, I would only been five or six at the time. Basically, there you go, aging myself appropriately. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about Mad Max Two or The Road Warrior, as it's known in the North Americas, as directed by, written and directed by George Miller. And obviously, look, I know that Mel Gibson is you know part of cancel culture now. He said and done a lot of bad things. Sure, I accept that. Back in the day, though, this is where he cut his teeth, and this is where between the first film and this film, he really was put on basically Hollywood's map. And uh, we get a few years later, we get the first Lethal Weapons and the like, obviously after Mad Max uh, Beyond Thunderdome. But of the first three, this film for me is by far the best. I rewatched them all again last year or the year before, probably uh, probably at the start of COVID is a rough guess. And I can't get over how good Mad Max 2 is for its time. The direction is stellar. Uh, Mel Gibson doesn't have a lot to do as Max, but he sells the physicality of the role. There's some great bad guys. And there's an absolutely killer car chase at the end of this film, which is one of the best I think's ever been filmed. Yeah, it's look. It was I saw this before I saw the first one, so I had to go back and watch the original Mad Max. And I that would have been let down. It was, <laughs> yeah. To be honest, it, it was. But but like you said, Mad Max Two was such a good movie on its own without the backstory. I still loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, uh, it does a little job at the start of just giving you the yeah. quick synopsis of the world. And uh, to my mind, the first film, it just kind of looks like it's being shot around sand dunes wherever it was shot. And it doesn't really give you much of this vibe of this uh, post-apocalyptic world. But this film yes. sells yes. at 100%. 100% oh, and sure. You can put it on. It's only 95 minutes long, give or take. And you can just stick it on. And it's one of those films when it is on, I will sit and watch it. You, it's a very hard film to walk through the room and just ignore as far as I'm concerned. And, yeah, with some incredible direction from George Miller. So, yeah, the only reason it's down here at number 10, because I would, I would 100% agree with people who might go listening to the rest of my list, Mad Max 2 is better than some of those films. Yes, it is. But it's not as much a sci-fi film. Yes. And yeah. that dropped it down. It's, it's kind of more a post-apocalyptic film as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, and, look, I, I agree with the, in terms of not only is uh, – uh, Mad Max really, uh, sorry, is Mel Gibson really good in this? But like you said, in terms of uh, a, a post-apocalyptic future, the bad guys look more interesting as well. Um, yeah. You know, Hawker Biker and all those guys and things like that. It's it's a whole weird feel to it because of what the world's become. So, uh, and that's why I think it was, for me, when I watched the first one, was much more interesting. Uh, sorry, the second one. It was much more interesting in watching that and then going back and watching the first one. The first one was a little dry. It was a bit more uh, yeah. about the people uh, and the yeah, character. much more of a character study yeah, here. Yeah, so. All right, cool. Number nine. All right, number nine, here's one of these very hidden gems, which I don't reckon many people have heard about or seen, and maybe you fall into that category, Darren, I'm not sure. Yeah, I I, Uh, I didn't know what this was. Yep, it's from 1987. It's a film called The Hidden, directed by a household name, Jack Shoulder. He he actually did direct one of the Nightmare on Elm Street, so I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, Yes, it was. It was Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. There you go. (laughs) So the guy that didn't realise he was making the gayest horror film of all time <laughs> uh, in terms of text and subtext. But anyway, <laughs> uh, this film follows basically an alien entity that comes to Earth, like alien creature that comes to Earth, and it effectively hitches a ride in people. It's like this slug type thing which leaps into their mouth, goes into their body, and takes them over. And all they, the alien wants to do is murder people, engage in ultraviolence, eat really shitty food, and drive fast cars. <laughs> So it just creates this swath of carnage across LA. I think it's in LA anyway, from vague memory. Yeah. Uh, and up to a detective, Tom Beck, who's played by Michael Newry, and a very young Kyle McLaughlin is the FBI agent who comes in to help. 
So this so was this this would be before or after Twin Peaks? Before. Before Twin Peaks. So because yeah, if you said a very maybe Peaks is eighty five. When was Twin Peaks? Ooh. Yeah, 1990-1991, so absolutely before. So he's very young. Anyway, it is just for a film you expect nothing out of. It is phenomenal action, some really cool set pieces, and the alien eventually sets its sights on the President of the United States and starts <laughs> killing killing people and then taking over their body to get close enough to do to get the President because it realizes that it can do whatever the, the fuck it wants. Okay. Uh, so it's an evil entity type of alien, and then – you become, it becomes very clear very quickly that Kyle McLaughlin's character is not what he seems. I'll just put it that way. Oh, and leave the rest. okay. Yeah. Right, well, I'm going to give that one a look. Like like you said, this is probably one of those hidden gems that uh, I happen to miss. Um, you know, I, I spent a lot of the 80s in and out of a video store most days. <laughs> and uh, Bye. Okay. Sorry? I'd have just passed you by. Yeah, so this one I just must have missed. So, all right, very good. I'll uh, I'll be giving that one a look. So, okay, on to your number eight. All right, my number eight is a remake, and from again from the later eighties, nineteen eighty eight, Chuck Russell's The Blob. Uh, now, have you seen The Blob? Yet? I have. Yes, I have seen The Blob. This this one just blew my mind when I watched it as a probably about the same age as your sons. Yeah, uh, completely and utterly just awesome in terms of how gory and over the top it was, and how merciless this movie is in terms of killing off its major characters you you get a handle on i would say you think there's three or four major characters and half of them don't make it to the halfway point of the film which is <laughs> it is ruthless yeah which i really enjoy i think the effects are phenomenal for its time like some of them obviously now 33 years later don't stand the test but even watching it again i could still marvel at how good the practical effects of this movie were and it's uh from memory it's written by frank darabont as well or yeah he's a co-writer Okay. On the film, so it's where he's sort of cutting his teeth before, as he heads towards the Shawshank Redemptions and Green Miles of the world. So it, it's it's a cut above your typical horror film, uh, but it becomes sci-fi on the basis of what the blob is in this particular iteration as well. So, um, so you're telling me the guy that did Shawshank Redemption actually wrote the blob as well? <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, we all start somewhere. <laughs> I guess we do. Um, and I, I always found it funny that you could – there was so much suspense around something that really didn't move that fast or was that dynamic, um, but like you said, was merciless and uh, just kept coming. Well, the way it kills a few people early on, you know, where it sort of creeps in and then yeah, that's like, what I mean. the infamous scene in the car where the guys wanted to make out with a girl and she's a bit too drunk and whatever and, and you know, completely and utterly incorrect scene that yes. they really strongly <laughs> emphasise. But he gets his comeuppance when the poor girl, the blob, sort of eats her from the inside out and yep. his hand is down at the top and sucks him in yeah. and eats his hand alive. And yeah. I, just, I, I can't speak enough about the special effects. And the star of the, the film is Kevin Dillon. So those of you who are Entourage fans and want to see a bit more Johnny Drama in his formative years, there's another hook for you there. Very good. All right, fantastic. So what is your number seven? All right, well, this one is a seminal classic, and I think everyone's familiar with it. It's uh, from Paul Verhoeven, and you could pick a whole bunch of Paul Verhoeven films from the late 80s, early 90s, but this is my favorite of of his, at least until we get into 1990. Uh, it's Ro- Robocop. I buy that for I a dollar. Every- yeah. Thank you. Very, very good. Originally had a place on the soundboard, that quote, before we eventually shopped it out. Okay. Um, <laughs> I can but, only run yeah. so long, I guess, so. Yeah. We, eventually, we'll replace everything on the soundboard except the Wayneisms because they'll stay forever. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, basically, the very simple story of a cop who, in a lawless kind of 
near future, dystopian future again, is uh, gunned down mercilessly by a bunch of bad near-dwells and is revived, sort of slash resuscitated to becoming part man, part machine, all cop, robocop, and then goes on a vendetta to clean up crime in, in Detroit. So it is hyper-violent. It has some amazing sequences. It's pretty funny because that's Paul Verhoeven to a T. Uh, it's got gratuitous nudity. Again, that's Paul Verhoeven to a T. So it earns its hard R yes. and it's awesome for it. And you can see you know, all that translating over into Starship Troopers. <laughs> Starship <laughs> Troopers, Total Recall. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those, those two films are absolutely two of my favorite. If we're doing top 10 sci-fi films of the 90s, there's two of them right there. Yeah, they're pretty cool. What, what did you think of the remake? I'm yeah. I have a fundamental issue with remakes that to try and make more money, dumb them down and restrict them to being PG-13. Uh, so, oh, okay. I can't remember. Was that PG-13, the remake? Yeah, PG-13 in America, so we get a light M here in Australia. Oh, yeah, you can't do it, that. It doesn't have the violence. It doesn't have, the obviously, the teeth or the edge to it yeah. that the original one does. And so it just feels like a, a lame kind of limp-wristed attempt to, to cash in again for the next generation. And Sorry, but the kids today are even more bloodthirsty than, oh, than yeah. we were oh. back then. They've been subjected to so much more in, in many, many ways, thanks to the, the blessings of social media. Well, what shocked us in that original RoboCop movie, which was what gave the movie, like you said, its edge, you'd have to nearly go harder in the next movie. Not Like, I've seen the, the other movie like, a long time ago, though, and uh, I don't remember a lot about it, except that I think his armour was black or his body was black. Um, yeah, you're right. It was. You yeah. look kind of like a knight. Uh, yeah. It was a kit from Knight Rider look. <laughs> That's it. Um, There's an old school. Yeah. There's a deep cut. Oh, big time, Mr. Hasselhoff. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, 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 I guess uh, I, I don't remember the fact that it was so um, watered down because you, uh, you'd have to go harder to shock, like you said, the, the, the younger generation with what they're exposed to on a daily basis to, to get the same sort of feeling out of that next movie that you did out of the first there's not a chance with that if you're going to just make it a, a you know an M or a PG-13. So no. a bit of a and waste. The problem is, it is. I agree with you 100. The the problem is that the studios don't want to risk an R film in America because it means no one under 17 can get in. Yeah, and that's a that's a significant proportion of the budget. So they have to be really confident to allow a film to be R, and that's why too many films are this sort of PG-13 <laughs> light M for us. Yeah. Dead, Deadpool's the classic one, I think, of late where they, they fought for so long to yep. make sure that it was going to be what it should be with an R rating. And, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't have been the same movie if it wasn't. So, yeah. And now that, now that uh, Disney owns Deadpool, it'd be very interesting to see whether they allow a Deadpool 3 to be R as well or whether they'll clean it up some or a lot. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm hoping they'll just leave it well enough. Well, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, I, I heard, wouldn't wasn't going to do or like the original, but I don't think he's he's. I, I think he said that he won't do the next one if they don't keep it pretty much yes. the same. That's my understanding as well. I haven't read that direct quote, but I've read a couple of reports that suggest that there is friction between Reynolds and the studio. So yeah. we will see how whether the, I mean, surely Disney's big enough to have a small arm of its of its huge corporate tentacles that can be dedicated to adult entertainment. I mean, they've. At least they've released on Disney Plus now. Star, is yeah. that what the, the channel's called? Yes. So there's a whole bunch. All those films are there now. The Predators, the Aliens, the Deadpool, all that kind of stuff is there now for you to watch through that streaming platform. So at least it's not all, you know, PG at the worst, mostly G-rated, family-friendly stuff. 
Okay. Look, why don't we take a break and come back with some more questions for you in a sec. Sounds good. As a new podcaster, one of the annoying things I have found about trying to collect the reviews you get for your show is that Apple, for example, only show you the reviews you get in the iTunes store of the country that the review is made in. So if someone reviews my show in Canada, I won't even know they've reviewed unless they tell me. And I won't be able to see the review unless I log into that country's iTunes page. And honestly, that sounds like a lot of hard work. However, I recently signed up for a service that aggregates all of your ratings and reviews from a number of sources and displays them for you all in one place. Not only that, but they also offer a link for your podcast that automatically displays only the rating and review platforms compatible with your listener's device. So people don't have to wonder or search for how and where they can rate and review your show. Go check out mypodcastreviews.com. And I'd be grateful if you could please use my affiliate link when you join to let them know who sent you. It's in the show notes. And if you want to rate and review my show, you can go to lovethepodcast.com slash pod. Now back to the countdown. All right, so let's get into some questions about you. Besides besides movies, uh, what other interests do you have uh, in terms of like sport or anything like that? I think uh, we were talking off air and you were into uh, Australian rules football and you said you followed one of the Melbourne teams. Yeah, I do. Very, very sadly, I follow Essendon and have done my entire life. Uh, No, not my entire life, since uh, 1983 when they they lost the grand final then. And so it was pretty good for the first half of that time being an Essendon fan. Yep. The last half of that time, not so good. Not so good. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, go Pies. So. Uh, you're a Pies fan, okay. Yeah, so we, we are, we're meant to hate each other's guts. That's, Diametrically that's opposed, hot. yes. <laughs> I did come across for the uh, grand final a couple of years ago where, where Eagles beat Collingwood and all my mates are Eagles fans. So oh, you, that was uh, that was a fun trip. Oh, you mean where we, where we had the, the grand final stolen from us with that Don <laughs> Sheed stupid, ridiculous <laughs> free kick? But I'm not bitter about it at all. So. Oh, no, no, I, I thought you were referring to the, the great goalie kick from the boundary line to yeah. win, the, win the grand final. Yeah, right? the, yes. the, okay. the one where he got that stupid free kick. From- <laughs> anyway, I won't get onto that. But yeah, so yeah. anything else? So that football's you- yeah, football's a big thing, and I I um am in. Everyone does fantasy footy now. If you're if you're a footy fan, but I've been in a couple of comps for twenty years. Where we've been doing it well <gasps> before Dream Team or Supercoach existed. So Jeez. my my fiance, soon to be wife, would say to you. If I had have really realized when you pulled your phone out to check the footy scores on the third date, what that meant, I don't think we'd be here now. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but unfortunately for her, it's too late. She's trapped. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I spent a lot of time sort of following that. It doesn't mean that even as an Essendon fan, you have something else to, to enjoy, which is, you know, follow all the games because your players are playing in other games as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's good fun. I run one of those comps. And so every end of the round, I'm doing a bit of a write up and sending the stats out to everybody. and. Uh, that that gets a bit of generates a bit of banter between all the fellow coaches and I, mm-hmm. uh, and then beyond that, I, I'm a runner. At least I normally am. I've recently had a knee op, but uh, yeah, I run, try and run two or three times a week. I've done a couple of marathons, including the Paris Marathon. Oh, fantastic! And yeah, I'd like to be able to get back to a marathon level now that my daughter's old enough, where I don't need to be home as often. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that might be a bit of a pipe dream, but we'll see how the shape, how the knee recovers, and we'll we'll go from there. That's really good. My my eldest boy has actually shown some interest in wanting to uh, do a marathon. Uh, I don't nice. think, I don't think he really realizes how much training you've got to do. But anyway, uh, <laughs> maybe- although at twenty you probably have to do less than you had to do when I first ran one at thirty five. Give or ah, take. okay. So you're a late late bloomer. Yeah, I was very very late bloomer to get into it, and um, 
Yeah, it's, it's it is quite addictive. I, you know, if it's a long run, I just put a podcast in and off of I course. go. I'm not worrying about my yeah. pace. If I'm if I am wanting to run a quicker run over a shorter distance, I'll put music on and, and yeah. away we go. Yeah. Very fortunate where I live, just okay from the river, and I can just get down the river and run ten k's around it and back home. So lovely. that's great. Yeah. Look, you referenced your lovely fiance. Uh, when when are you getting married? Uh, as of time of recording, in about twelve days. Twelve days. All right. So th- again, I appreciate you taking time out to 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 be on the show so close to what is a very busy period. Um, what uh, does she think of your good. podcasting? It's a pleasure. Thanks, you, Matt. Thanks. What does she uh, think of your podcasting? She's very supportive. Very supportive. That's. Uh, I think she identified very early on that it was kind of my outlet, and I, I needed something else to to sort of occupy beyond job and and family in, in that way. And it's a pretty relatively healthy outlet. I think if we had it gone back three years ago, yeah. no, 2019, two years ago, I got involved in a bit of a movie watching challenge with a, a fellow podcaster, so Hendo from the Movie Journey podcast, and it was a race to see who could watch the most number of films that year. Oh, okay. um, we eventually decided to curb it at whoever got to 500 first, and I hit 500 by about a week into July. She she got less tolerant during that period when everything I wanted to do was, oh, let's just watch another movie. Let's put another movie on. I'm, watch- I'm following the washing. Let's put a movie on. Oh, daughter, let's watch a movie together. Yep, the shorter the better. This is great. Let's go. So um, that was the one time I probably tested her patience, but otherwise she's been great. And she listens most episodes and it comes with me to the movies to see things. And, and if it wasn't for having a daughter, she'd certainly come to more yeah. advanced screenings and the like as well, which we're very fortunate enough to get to. So, yeah, she's fantastic. Fantastic. That's really good to hear. And I think important for someone um, who does something like this because it, it does take up a lot of time as I'm learning. And uh, if you don't have that sort of support, uh, it's probably a bit harder. Yeah, it, it helps that I sleep less than she does. So, most nights, you know, she'll head off to bed at whatever time she's off to bed. That's enough time for me still to watch a movie, sometimes two if they're short, before I would go to bed. So, okay. that's where I do most of the things like horror, she hates horror films, so we very rarely watch a horror film together. Yep. Um, uh, and likewise, if when I'm doing the podcast stuff, when I'm editing or if we are having a late night recording for whatever reason, that lets her watch her things that she likes to watch, including you know, romances and romantic comedies and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, very cool. Well, funnily enough, my, that's a great segue into my next question, which was your favorite genre is horror. It is. Yep. Yeah. So, who is your favorite director and why? Oh, who's my favorite horror director or who is yes. my favorite director? No, oh. favorite horror director. Can I cheat and say and, and pick the first half of someone's career? Uh, of course you can. <laughs> because if we're going straight, if we're going overall, I'd have to change this and think about it a little bit harder. But I think the first half of John Carpenter's career is just absolutely amazing. So, anything pre. 1990 John Carpenter is usually really, okay. really good. Okay. So we, we, I won't mention all of them because some of them might pop up later they on might. this list. <laughs> but you know, you think about something like uh, even Starman, which you know could yeah. feature on this list, but, but doesn't is a, is a good film. Yeah, I read the book but actually. That, it's good. Yeah. There you go. Going back even further to Assault on Precinct 13, but then Halloween, something like that, which yep. I just think is is phenomenal. And a lot of people don't love Prince of Darkness, but I do. As another Great survival horror, big group of people in a secluded place being picked off one by one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the shit out of that movie too. So, yeah, John Carpenter for me is head and shoulders, at least the early part of his career, among, above just about anybody else. And his influence is felt through everything, particularly the slasher genre, but also the, the survival horror genre. 
Um, you're doing a great job of leading me into my next question. My next questions here. So uh, it's like like you have my rundown in front of you, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe I do. <laughs> but um, the type of horror. So you've mentioned slasher movies and things like that, and there's a I don't know how new it is, but there's a wave of European movies where there's a lot of body horror and a lot of shock horror and things like that. Is there a type of horror movie that you prefer or that you don't like? <sighs> Body horror probably is is my least favourite. Like just watching like Cabin Fever is a film which you know, Eli Roth sort of first film, the yeah. definite first film. I, I had little time for that and didn't think much of it. So mm-hmm. when it gets to just oh, what grossings can we do yeah. to yeah. a body or the recent remake of David Cronenberg's Rabbit or even Rabbit itself, those kinds of films don't really do that much for me. If I'm if I'm brutally honest. I like slasher films. Uh, I like films where a small group of people are being picked, or a large group of people are being picked off. But my favourite subgenre would probably be zombie films. Ah, oh, perfect, fantastic. There is something horrendously awful about the idea of you know coming back to life and yes. and then being eaten, slash, your brains ripped to shreds by by said creatures. So The Walking Dead, the early the early seasons of it were great. Yeah. And then it became just soap opera shit. Yeah. Um, so I'm really, really struggling with that. I, I haven't even caught up with the last few episodes that have come out. And I know there's only one season to go, but it's a slog now. It really is. Well, it's funny that you say that because even my 14-year-old who uh, I got onto The Walking Dead, which may or may not shock some people. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, he he loved the early seasons, but he, he reckons it's gone to shit now. So, yeah. he, uh, exactly. he hasn't he's nailed it. Stuff. If you're not watching anymore, then he's 100% right. Yeah, so, all right. Look, you, you love the horror genre. You like pack of people being picked off one by one, but you mm-hmm. don't like movies that change perspective or change the type of movie <laughs> they are halfway through. So Well... Uh, <laughs> If I can defend myself, I don't like it when they change uh, protagonist for because they write themselves into a corner and okay. can't get out of it unless they change to a different protagonist for a short period of time and then go back to the original. Which is a bit messy. So, yeah. Okay. So, Forrest Gump would be a, a prime example of that. They wrote themselves into a corner in that film where they had to go away from Forrest and follow Jenny for okay. just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. That's your hatred of that movie. So, One of the reasons I dislike it immensely. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you about Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Yeah, great uh, film. So, it's yeah, fun. okay. So, see, what is it, two-thirds of the way through that movie, or even three-quarters of the way through, that changes from a documentary-style movie into a slasher movie. And I wanted, I wondered what you thought of that. No, I, that's great because that film sets it up to be – it works within the confines of that film. I don't mind uh, From Dust to Dawn where it's, you know, it's a road movie thriller yeah. for a while and then it suddenly becomes – this out and out gory vampire film. I, yes. I, I like it when a film does that. Yeah. I just less like it when we, or even something like District Nine, which is the greatest hack job in in terms of changing genres, and no one noticed. I know in the it's, history of cinema. <laughs> it's it fantastic. starts off as a mockumentary. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. With, with Chateau Copley's character, you know, talking to camera and narrating everything, and that just follows that format for a long, long time, and then suddenly when he turns. So does the film, and now it's a traditional third-person sort of sci-fi action film. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Look, I just wanted to get your opinion because I, I did, you know, having listened to one of the shows, you were talking about that change, and I thought there's no way he can not like The Rise of Leslie Vernon because that no. was such a great way that they did it. Um, Very good film. To- totally agree. And, but what's what's your issue with Chappie? Come on, because I like Chappie. Yeah, so I see <laughs> in your recent email you sent me. I don't I do not understand, Aaron, how you can like that movie. It's <laughs> No, I do. Everyone has their own opinions, and of course, if if it 
tickled your fancy. I'm really pleased that you did enjoy it. For me, after District 9, Elysium was a step down. And then, you know, I wasn't holding my breath because now we really are into PG-13 territory here, the bloke who made District 9. Yeah. And other than the effects being good, I just found the whole thing hard to hard to get behind. I didn't like Hugh Jackman's bad guy. I really didn't like Diane Wood in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, None of it worked for me personally. It's funny. That's the only part of that movie I don't like was, and I love Hugh Jackman, but I did not like his uh, character in that movie. Uh, Khaki short wearing it, over the top, yeah. you know, and it was a bureaucrat. It was nearly overacted to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was really, you know, he was a big character. And I, like I said, I love Hugh Jackman. Don't get me wrong. Um, everything he does. Uh, don't unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I just unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't. There was something about it. I just I didn't like it. But apart from that, I actually I, I liked the fact that w- the chappy was so uh, I guess anthropomorphized, and it was like a child and and a child learning and then trusting and then you know being influenced. And it was yeah. I, I actually I, I thought it was, I was I thought it was a good movie. I it's not my favorite movie, or I think it's going to win no, any awards. No. But I thought it was a cute movie. Yep, sure. And did you see Short Circuit back in the eighties? I did. Yes. The precursor. Yeah. Yes, I did. See um, Short as much as that has. Fisher Stevens playing an Indian. <laughs> you wouldn't get away with uh, that nowadays. Yeah, no, you couldn't. If you look past that, I did enjoy that film when I was when I was younger. I just feel like Chappie borrowed a lot of DNA from Short Circuit. A yeah. lot. Number five is alive. That is it. <laughs> That's it. All right, cool. So let's get back into the countdown, and we right. are up to your number six. Well, one, this is, I've alluded to him already, is a John Carpenter film. And two, I listened to one of a couple of your back episodes in the last few days. And one of your previous guests has mentioned this film already uh, in terms of, uh, was it the top 10 sci-fi films? Uh, um, and it's Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, Jacob, I think. Yeah. Yep. And it's They Live from 1998. And Jacob described it basically as an alien. Oh, it was alien invasion films. That's what he was picking. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what this is. But it's uh, it's quite clever film it's, it's it is low budget it's not a big one carpenter by this point in time had grown jack of the studio system after the pounding he received from another film which i won't name just yet but so he went back to doing these sort of more indie films and it basically follows this uh, a guy named nada i think that's literally his name because yep. he's not meant to be uh yeah, john nada who wanders into i think again it's la and as he's walking around he he comes across this group of well they present themselves as homeless people but they're actually this underground resistance and he's not sure they're underground underground resistance against until they put on this set of sunglasses which disrupts this neural transmitter that aliens are using so that they can walk among us and look exactly like us and their advertising which is um subliminal yeah subliminal (laughs) is all over the place and influencing us all and they look like desiccated kind of corpses with these big shiny orb eyes and he can suddenly see them and it completely blows his mind and he eventually gets on side with the resistance and tries to expose the aliens for what they are. And that's basically the film. And it includes one of the all-time greatest knockdown bare-knuckle fights oh, yeah. between Rowdy Roddy Piper and Keith David, a, a very sizable man himself. Yep. And people who don't like this movie hate that scene because it just goes on and on and on. But those of us who like a having a, you know, Roddy Piper, who was a very charismatic wrestler, in this role and get to see him do a few wrestling moves. It's good fun. Not that I'm a huge wrestling fan, but just yeah. for this particular purpose. Uh, that's great. But it's more the the awesome idea that these aliens are already among us and are influencing us in our day-to-day. 
which is what really gets me going about this movie. Yeah, fantastic movie. And that fight scene is iconic, I think, because I've shown, you know, I've talked to people about this movie who have also seen it, and that always comes up, that fight scene. It was in a bank, wasn't it? Uh, I think it's in the, well, maybe it starts at a bank, but it definitely spills out into an alleyway behind, because at one point, one of them picks up a two by four and tries to slam it and and breaks it across the arm of the other one, and then they get even more angry at each other. So, yeah. And, and that's the, uh, like I said with Jacob, you know, one of the most quoted quotes of all yeah, time. Absolutely. Sort of thing. Um, fan, uh, you know, and, and Rowdy Roddy Piper at his height too in, in wrestling, uh, everyone knew who he was. So, um, uh, it was, uh, probably a, a smart bit of casting as well. Yeah. Look, I don't think he'd acted before this. I think Hell Comes to Frogtown was after it, but I could, I could be wrong. Not that that's a good film at all, but. Uh, yeah, he, he's good in this. He's fine in this film. Don't get me again. It's not going to be win any acting awards or, or the like. But as far as a, a sci-fi thriller goes, it really it really ticks all the buttons or yeah. hits all the buttons and ticks all the boxes. As far as I'm concerned, very good. All right, uh, let's move on to your number five. All right, here's where we upset a bunch of people, or at least I do, Darren, <laughs> because I reckon if you just took a poll and you mentioned ET and you mentioned Blade Runner and, and particularly Blade Runner could be people's number one. But I reckon the average sci-fi film fan would have this as their number one film of the 80s. I'm talking about Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, which just sneaks in in 1980. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, I, what's, what's, I, can't, I can't talk about Star Wars. You, you know it. Everybody Everyone's seen it. It's been going for, for three generations now. We've had three different trilogies. This is by far the best of the film. As far as I'm concerned, it's the darkest of them all. It has some of the best moments. The battle on Hoth at the start. Uh, that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Incredible. The the training of Luke scenes, are, they're good. Then the big showdown with, with Darth Vader with the ultimate reveal, which still to this day would probably catch anyone who watches it completely by surprise. Yeah, the Empire Strikes Back is just gold. from, And it's the very first film I saw at the cinema. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, that's funny that because it's not the first film, but one of the first films I ever saw was A New Hope. And, there you go. And when I, I I saw that on a school excursion, and I came out of there saying that's the best movie I've ever seen, and I'll never see anything better. And probably because of the fact that it was one of the first, it might have actually it might have actually been the first movie I ever saw it because I was at primary school. I was only about grade three or four, whatever it was. Um, it left a, a lasting memory. Uh, so I, I yeah. agree. I think Empire Strikes Back is probably the best of the, the, the three of the, the original three. Uh, cause I love Do you that. like it the best of all nine? Or it almost makes it sound like you like another one better from the nine films. Oh, uh, no. I, I only acknowledge three films. So. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so <laughs> I actually really don't like a lot of the other, like I hate the prequels. And, oh, me too. And, <laughs> and, and, and my son has grown to accept them and he doesn't know why I, I don't. Uh, my eldest boy, he's, he loves his movies. He's, that's, he's Good definitely, on definitely one that's, and, uh, while my mind's going, his mind is uh, ridiculously retentive. So he brings back all these, uh, you know, he knows all the directors and all this, all the other, you know, everyone who's written, who did the score and all that. Stuff, whereas my old mind can't keep that information in anymore. But uh, <laughs> uh, he, he, we have some really good uh, discussions, and I'm looking to possibly do a bonus episode, maybe that we could 
do together on and dis- be awesome. Yeah, discuss a movie. So, but Empire Strikes Back. We were talking about this today because of your list and that Hoth scene. You know, it was one of the greatest openings I think to uh, a movie. It's, it's so uh, epic and the you know it's yep. new tech, all the walkers, and then you got the Tontons, Dagobah, all that sort of stuff as well. Like, and then the reveal at the end of the movie and. Um, it, it's just the next step up. I, I love A New Hope, but it is that next step up, and it's probably the favourite of mine of all the movies. Yeah, I just think it's a it's a ballsy as well, and maybe it set the mould in in a lot of ways that you know it's not often the bad guys blatantly win in mm. this kind of this kind of uh, of film, uh, you know, family friendly sci fi action adventure. Yes, uh, but they but they stuck to their guns and they did end on a real downer note. And ooh, okay, it wasn't like Hansel was dead, but he was captured and Luke was armless. And yeah, exactly. And, and we know now that Darth Vader is his father and Billy D. Williams, or at least Lando, has a lot of explaining to do. And <laughs> yeah, so there we are. Yeah, all right, very cool. All right, so let's move on to your number four. These these top four are going to have to be pretty good. <laughs> well, they are to me. Yeah, I guess sure, that's all, of I, all I can really say. Yeah, uh, my number four again probably would be in people's top four. I think it's safe to say, but might be higher depending on where it would go. I guess most people would have this one above at least one or two of my top three, but we'll see how we go. There's no more hidden gems, by the way. These are all big films that everyone will know about one way or the other. And my number four is one of the seminal sci-fi classics, adventure film classics. Is Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, Classic. Directed by Robert Zemeckis, I uh, and written by he and Bob Gale, and of course one of the great cinema duos, Marty McFly and Doc Brown, as they go back to 1955 and have to, uh, once they're there, have to ensure that Marty's parents will meet and eventually have Marty, which is a great idea for for a time travel sort of film, as far as at least as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, that's the it brings. Uh, forward that age-old paradox about uh, you know if you you kill yourself in the in the past, do you really end up being in the future? And if you yep. you aren't, how did you actually get there to come back and kill yourself? And exactly, sort of so, exactly. So you kind of that's the problem with time travel films. You really have to disengage your brain if you if you're too technical and and literal about it. It just doesn't work. Yeah. You could, it's not possible to go back in time and influence time flowing forward. I like as much as. I didn't like their reference in Avengers Endgame saying if Back to the Future is lying, you know, I do appreciate that they, they're they effectively saying when you go back in time, you create a new reality. That's yeah. a different time stream. That, that stream, one yeah. yeah, sits a little better for me at least anyway. So, yeah, I this film is just incredible. I watched it again with my daughter not that long ago. She was captivated, so we had a, a six-year-old and a much older than too old, older than 40, 45 year old, 43 year old, whatever it was at the time, yeah. watching it together and both being blown away by it. And she immediately was like, let's watch the next one, next one. Oh, and then she was really angry when the, the second one ended with it to be continued. Oh, no. <laughs> so, what is that? <laughs> what a gym. <laughs> but we're not talking about that one. We're talking about the first one, which uh, stands alone. And I just think the, the power of the connection between Marty or Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd is is absolutely incredible their chemistry on screen when they are together it's phenomenal and you know the way the film unfolds and the adventures that they go on to get back home or get marty back home i should say and then save doc who's of course killed by libyan terrorists at the start of the movie yes pretty damn cool so here's the thing i I was talking to another podcaster and i can't remember if we're talking off air or on the show and i don't watch rick and morty uh only because i haven't 
got around to seeing it. My son is pestering me, uh, my oldest Yeah, you should watch it. Absolutely yeah. should. Yeah. So, but I know the characters. It smacks a lot of Marty and Doc. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like a, a much more, what's the word looking for? A dysfunctional, <laughs> nasty version thereof. Alcoholic. Yes, I think, yep. I think the DNA is there. And that's where they must have come up at least the start of their idea. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. All right, good. Well, that's a great one to end on for this this portion of the of the podcast. Let's take another break and I'll come back with something else. All right, and we're back. Cool. So, uh, I'm going to try something different this week. I'm going to try what I call the VIP round. So, this may stay in the podcast. It may not. Uh, <laughs> it, it's pretty much born out of the fact that I haven't been on social media because of um, different things that have been happening and then I've like, taken a few weeks off. Um, so, I didn't really get a chance to promote any questions from listeners. And this is normally where I'd have questions from listeners. And with your fan base, I, I'm sure I would have got a heap. So, what it's going to be is I'm going to do a bunch of questions. Uh, could be 60 seconds. It could be 30 seconds. It could be 65. I have no idea. So, it's the first time I've All done right. it. Let's see how we go. Quick questions. Don't think about them too hard. And okay. first thing that comes to mind. All right. All right. Start the clock. DCU or MCU? MCU. Coffee or tea drinker? Neither. Okay. <laughs> Whiplash or Scott Pilgrim? Scott Pilgrim. Cat person or dog person? Uh, given we have two cats in the house, <laughs> I better say cats. Fair enough. Who would you rather be, John Wick or Jason Bourne? John Wick. <laughs> Easy. Very good. Uh, football or rugby? I think I know that football. one. Football. Yeah. Edgar Wright or Zack Snyder? Uh, Edgar Wright, you just whatever whoever you put against that, the answer would have been Edgar Wright. Yep, fair enough. Favorite junk food? Ooh, I have to think hard about that one. Um, Nando's probably now. All right, cool, that's fair. Better actor, Michael Fassbender or Christoph Waltz? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, I would say Christoph Waltz is uh, my preferred actor. Yep, but okay. maybe Fassbender's a better actor. I don't know. Okay. Favorite holiday destination? Japan. Lovely. Favorite Batman? Uh, Christian Bale. Okay. Kirk, Picard, or Janeway? Kirk. Okay. Favorite alcoholic beverage? Uh, craft beer. Ah, fair enough. Fifth element, good, great, or legendary? Uh, god awful. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite non-movie-related podcast? Ooh, non-movie-related. I don't listen to many that aren't movie-related. Um, in fact, I can't think of a single one off the top of my head that That's isn't right. movie-related. Let me... I'm running out of time. Um, nah, I've got nothing. Doesn't Sorry. Matter. We'll move on to the next one. Best decade for movies, 80s or 90s? 80s. All right. And last one to round us out, Die Hard, Christmas movie or action movie? Uh, action movie that's also a Christmas movie. <laughs> that's a cop-out, but I'll take it. All right. Fantastic. All right, mate. Thanks. That's uh, it's something I, I, I thought I'd just do. Oh, it's uh, good fun. Yeah. I, I might I might leave that in. That's that's not bad. So, uh, uh, thanks for playing along with that. That was good. And yeah, You're I, very welcome. I I thought you might find it hard, the Michael Fassbender versus Christoph Waltz one, because I find it hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think of Christoph Waltz leaps out at me particularly for- He's my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Django, Django Unchained yeah. and Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. But Fassbender has, you know, in, 
he's less of a caricature. I think Fassbender probably brings more everyday realism to his role, if I can put it that way. Well, uh, having listened to uh, one of your episodes recently, it sounds like there's parts of him that are very much uh, <laughs> caricature-ish. Yep. So. Sounds like we should all be jealous of Michael Fassbender for more than one reason. Yeah, it sounds like it. So, and you'll have to listen to the boys' uh, podcast to find out exactly what we're talking about. Although you probably have <laughs> I'm a good sure idea. people know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, well, carrying on from the question that you couldn't answer, what I did want to ask you is what podcasts do you listen to? All right. So, geez, a lot. So, I've got to be honest here. Um, you may, we've been around for as long as we have, and you make friends through the course of the game. So, uh, you know, if I go way back to Epic Film Guys, uh, in, they're an American podcast. Uh, the, one of the hosts has left the show now, and he's a guy I'm, I'm closer to that we speak quite a bit. And he's opened his own, his one, uh, a food podcast called Nikolai's Kitchen. Okay. So, but the Epic Film Guys are still going on. They're, they're good. Over in New Zealand, there's Movie Reviews and 20 Qs uh, with host Sam Hurley. He's another podcasting mate. Yep. I think I mentioned at the top of the show the Movie Journey podcast with In Your Neck of the Woods, Darren, with uh, Dean and. And Hendo. Okay. Uh, what else do I listen to? Uh, the Retro Cinema Podcast with Gidget Von LaRue and Angry Man. It's another good Aussie podcast as well. Yep. Now I'm, I'm going to go because I'm drawing a blank because this is what happens when you get put on the spot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Two Peas on a Podcast, another great American show. Uh, Netflix and Swill, of course. Uh, like like those guys a lot, Dan and Caleb. Cinema Guys, Brad, uh, okay. they're great. Oh, We Watch The Thing. Another Aussie oh, podcast. I've heard of that one, yeah. yeah. Yep. Billy yeah. And, and Topher in Canberra there. Uh, the Contrarians, great. And then I go on to So Wizard, who close with the So Wizard uh, crew, with uh, Joey in particular. And I want to give a bit of a shout-out to one of the shows that did – they're still going, Cine Realists, which is one of the shows I was listening to when I had my child. Okay. We had our child and got us going uh, in terms of their countdown lists. They're a bit more serious. Yeah. A bit more esoteric, maybe it might be a nice way to describe them, okay. but uh, they're, they're great as well. I think that's everyone, except I have to shout out the shows on our network, which is uh, Comic Confidential and Believe, okay. which is part of the Comic Con for Comic Confidential podcast network. So, so that's okay. what that stands for, CC. Yep. Okay, fair enough. Very good. Oh, that's that. That's great. That's uh, yeah. Some of those I have heard of. Um, I, considering you're a, a horror fan, uh, there was one that I thought might pop up. Last podcast on the left. Uh, their guys are exclusive with Spotify now, but I thought right because they're, they're one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah my Wayne's ex girlfriend actually uh, last his big serious ex girlfriend of a number of years. She she was a big fan of them. We used to uh, rock up to goings out wearing one of their t-shirts instead of one of ours just to oh. piss us off. It was good. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> That's why she's an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, possibly. No, that, I've listened to a couple of episodes of theirs. It's a little bit uh, all over the shop compared to what I like. Ironic coming from my, the host of my show. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, yeah, I can totally see why people love it though. They, they obviously have a great chemistry and a bunch of comedians who riff off each other really well. Yeah, no, it's not too bad, but yeah, fantastic. And I also tend to go for the, the indie podcast to, to yeah. sort of support fellow Indias rather than uh, the, the big produced ones. Well, again, uh, this is something that I was going to broach with you. Like, I haven't actually listened to those guys since they've gone to Spotify. Uh, to Spotify sorry, again because I I use now I used to use Stitcher, but now I use Overcast, and I, I don't like going in and out of all these different apps just to, to yep. listen to specific yep. guys. So they've 
with when it comes to me, they've probably you know not lost a listener because I still think that I still like their show, but I I just don't get a chance to listen the way I used to. You obviously like the independence and the freedom that you have as a podcaster. If Spotify came to you with a sizable deal, do you think you'd take it? <laughs> I mean, isn't that the uh, isn't that the, the dream? <laughs> the dilemma. And, and- Perhaps the, yeah, the dilemma, which I think, you know, particularly bands over the years, but, but probably any artist faces, like, you know, you want to be true to yourself, or you want to be true to your art. But at the same time, if someone said, I will pay you what you're being paid to do your normal job to do more of podcasting, would, would we all not jump at that? Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing. If you, you can do what you love for a living, um, yeah, yeah that, that, that would be pretty cool. I mean, if, if I could become a basically a paid film and television reviewer and, again, not go backwards in terms of pay or even earn enough to take one day off a week to do it, um, I think we probably would take that time, to be honest. Yeah. All right, cool. So let's get back into the countdown for your your top three. So these are going to be some, uh, like, like you said, these are going to be classic movies, uh, but they're going to be great to revisit. So what's number three? All right, number three is dipping the toes back into the survival horror and I had such a great time with this movie. I was like 11 years old and my sci-fi, my mum's younger sister is only 12 years older than I am, something like that. Yep. So um, when she as a relatively young woman you know, in her early 20s took her 11-year-old nephew to see this movie, it was one of the most memorable movie-going experiences I'd ever had in my life because you know, she was taking me to see Predator yep. you know, when I was very young and uh, I dug the shit out of that movie just to to get a night away from what I was meant to do to go out with her and watch this alone endeared it to me. But then having watched it 30 times since at least, I own the 4K, <laughs> I own the Blu-ray, I own the DVD, I own the video cassette. Before I own the video cassette, I taped it off TV and know exactly where all the cuts are that they had to do to get around the violence for the TV version. Yeah, uh, I love the shit. Arnold Schwarzenegger's finest film. Yes, Terminator 2. Yes. The first Terminator, Total Recall, True Lies, they're all magnificent. But for me, this is him at his absolute peak. That arm sequence with him and Carl Weathers where they lock arms at the start of this movie and are just out testosteroning each other is phenomenal. The the effects for the time were incredible. John McTiernan, he ended up going to jail for, I think, tax evasion uh, and some other dodgy things that he did. But, oh, my God, this – the. The camera movements in this film, the the eye with which he shoots this, the action, and then the big characters. That's what really sells this film and another one on my list. The big characters put Dutch and and Carl Weathers' character uh, over the top. Like They are all memorable almost to a person, right down to Shane Black, who was brought on to do rights on the set of the script, and he has a very small role, the guy who will go on to direct things like The Nice Guys and uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He's in this movie as well. It's just an amazing action classic and culminates in one of the greatest mano alieno uh, b- battle scenes you'll ever see. And look, yeah, I just agree with absolutely everything you said there. It's uh, it's a classic movie. Um, Arnold, when he was still huge, not too Ugh. long out of you know being Mr. Olympia, and is still in fantastic shape. And uh, Jesse Ventura in there as yes, well. Yes, uh, right. Bill Duke. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off there, Derek. No, I was just going to say, yeah, and, you know, full of attitude. Uh, and, I, yeah, it's a it's a, a, bo- a real boys movie. <laughs> oh, it absolutely is. I mean, there is a female in there. They, they sort of take a 
what they think is a uh, gorilla soldier hostage, a female, and eventually she starts to fill in the blanks about what the hell is hunting them. But yeah, it's a classic case of the hunters becoming the hunted and being picked mm. off in some really cool ways. There's some great kills in this movie. Predator is, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. It's one of my absolute favorite films of all time. In fact, what I should have led with is my top three. I give all of them five stars to. I've only ever given 15 five stars in my entire life. So oh, okay. um, we, are, we are into rarefied territory here. Definitely rarefied air, the top three, all five stars. That's, uh, yeah, and to be honest, I'd agree with you. So, <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. So, speaking of which, let's get into your number two so we can uh, break the suspense for everybody. All right. Well, number two is the greatest, in my mind, action sci fi sequel. In fact, the, the greatest sequel ever made. Uh, in fact, I prefer it to its original. A lot of people, probably 50% of people would, would argue the other way, but everyone everyone agrees this is a fantastic film. Yeah. I'm talking about James Cameron's Aliens from 1986. Uh, of course, this is where Scorny Weaver goes from being a survival horror icon to being kind of an action heroine icon, and she's been phenomenal. Scorny Weaver was nominated for Academy Award in this movie in a sci-fi action horror film. That's something that didn't happen in 86. She is so good in this movie. Yeah. But... Again, what shines here are the bit characters. 136 minutes long, 137 minutes long this movie is, and it spends the first 80 minutes, give or take, building up the, the squad of Marines behind Ripley so that when the shit hits the fan and they start to die, you actually give a shit yourself. Yeah. It really adds to – and then when there are uh, six, six or seven of them left for the second half of the film, all of those characters, you really know who they are and what they stand for. We've got – Michael Beans Hicks, who was one of my favorite characters of all time. You've got Paul Reiser's um, smarmy corporate uh, Carter J. Burke. And then, of course, uh, the legendary Bill Paxton, rest in peace, <laughs> Hudson. We can't forget him. Nor Lance Emerson's Bishop. All these people are just phenomenal. Uh, Jeanette Goldstein, I interviewed on my podcast a few years ago, oh, who fantastic. played Vasquez. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, fantastic. She was, she was a real delight. She really was. And, you know, still, still thankful and happy to talk about this movie sort of 30 years after it came out. So I cannot get past how good Aliens is. I love the Xenomorphs design. I love the way that they added the alien queen in so we know where the eggs come from. I love everything about this fucking movie. Again, same thing here. And my best mate and I, we've watched this together over and over and over. And then we, we got the extended cut with the mm-hmm. the smart sentry guns and things like yep. that. And all. And yeah, we, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And, Again, spawned one of the best or most quoted lines ever, probably. Ooh, um, which one? You can, uh, you can, there's a bunch of them in this movie. Oh, game over, man. Game over. <laughs> um, I, I wish my soundboard was working. So, because <laughs> uh, uh, that's, that's one that uh, I think most people would have on there. The Bill Paxton game over, man is, is probably, you know, uh, one of the most well known quotes from that movie. Although he, he drops a few. <laughs> so he does there's uh, a there's a lot of great quotes in this movie you know what the hell are we supposed to use now man harsh language that's a pretty good one uh I, again I, I i know one character you know frost he, he just has a couple of great lines in the yeah. movies like you always say that frost you always say we have bad feeling about this drop okay get back without you i'll call your folks you know? <laughs> the hey, back and forth between them is great hey vasquez you ever been uh mistaken for a mistaken man for a man <laughs> no have you <laughs> yeah no, that's a great one yeah it's fantastic it, it's just yeah, it's probably my favorite outside of star wars trilogy um aliens is probably my my favorite uh science fiction movie 
So we would have one and two would be Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi for you, and then Aliens? I, I almost feel like if I don't put Empire Strikes Back and A New Hope in there, I'm I'm being disloyal, if you know what I mean. But, uh, but if we're doing the 80s, I mean, because New Hope would obviously uh, be ruled out. Sorry. Yeah, of course, that's the 70s. So, um, yeah, so uh, Jedi would be the other one, obviously, yeah. So, no, no, yep. I'd, I'd probably have Empire Strikes Back and then I'd probably have I'd probably have Aliens before uh, Jedi. Uh, yep. And like I said, I, I feel like I'm being a little bit disloyal. <laughs> um, because I, I think that's entirely fair, um, <laughs> but I can't get over the fact that you know, uh, Aliens is such a good movie, and like you said, it's all those little quips and things like that. It's a dynamic between all the players at the start, uh, and that's why I guess so many people were upset when they did get rid of Michael Bean's oh. character for the third one. I, so, I mean, I still like the third one because that's how good me my. Too. Because of one and two, how much I love the series. Even four, I like Resurrection. Um, mm. Yeah, I know, I, and I get it. I, I'm the one. I know I'm the one who has dodgy taste when it comes to saying those two films are likable. But I, that's the goodwill that these two first two engendered in me. Yeah. But but that decision to kill off Hicks and Newt at the start of the movie was just a terrible, terrible one. Should never ever have gotten through. Uh, even a first draft has been, nope, all three of them are in it or no one's in it. And I know why they didn't have a kid running around a planet full of prisoners, Yeah, but they shouldn't have had a planet full of prisoners then. It should have started with the characters and worked their way backwards. Yeah, done something else. Exactly. Yes, I I do like three, don't get me wrong, but I I, I do regret the fact that they killed off those two characters because they were pivotal to the whole story. 100%. And the whole dynamic where she'd lost her daughter while she was 50 years in in cryosleep and yeah. And then to reconnect with this young girl who did look to her like a mother. And, yeah, that yeah, and, even, and I, yeah. I don't even hate uh, Rebecca Hens uh, acting in this. Is that what, I'm now blanking on her name. I'm not sure. Uh, Carrie Hen. Carrie Hen, sorry. Um, yeah, Newt. I don't even hate her acting in it. And normally I hate all child actors because <laughs> I just think they're, they're rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So you're not a big fan of Macaulay Culkin? <laughs> No, and I just realised, by the way, I completely and utterly screwed this countdown that down. Was, that, was meant to be, number one. that was meant to be my number one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's all right, I'm so mate. excited. I jumped into eating about aliens. Uh, but yeah, that's my number one. Would you like to hear what my number two is, I'd Derek? I'd love to hear what your number two is. I'm, I'm, yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> Isn't it great how you've got a guy on who does a countdown every week and he can't count from 10 to 1? <laughs> that's all right. You were so excited about aliens, I completely understand. <laughs> yep, I've shot my load a little bit early, but I've got just enough left in the tank to tell you about my number two, which is the other John Carpenter film, which I've alluded to. It is, to my mind, the greatest horror film ever made, but it also happens to be a sci-fi film. It's The Thing from 1982. Yeah. Uh, I, what I love about The Thing, oof, we could have done a whole hour and a half just talking about that, but in a nutshell, it is the greatest, most tense, most tra- – not traumatic in a, in a way, but it – it gives you a sense of paranoia that almost no other film before or after has managed to do for me. Because in this film, the alien can mimic anything it spends enough time and touches with. So it can hide in a human being, take its form, split a part of itself off, become that human being, and it would be a perfect imitation. So you could not tell. It's not like it's got lizard eyes blinking if it looks the wrong way. Or it doesn't have a stumpy tail coming out of its ass. It is a perfect imitation. And yet its entire drive is to spread further and take over this entire world. And that is terrifying to me. 
I think I've done two other podcasts where this movie has been on someone's countdown. Uh, one was Alien Invasion Movies, I think, with Jacob, and another one was Horror Movies with uh, Cole, I think, from Canada. First episode? Uh, sorry? Was that the first episode? Ah, uh, second. I think it was the second, second episode. Yeah, that was Cole. The first episode was nineties albums. I think with yeah nineties uh, okay. albums. So probably so, not on that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the love for this movie goes far and wide, and I agree. It's it's a, a great movie. I, I've seen the original, and this is yeah, yes. so much better. And yeah, the original is if you like plant. You know, dudes dressed in plant suits walking around and not doing anything, then see the original. Yeah, yeah. But I saw that when I was pretty young too. So no, the, the, this is fantastic. And like you said, that it's that suspense that in, engenders in you that you don't get from a lot of movies that try to do that but just fail. And I don't know if it's the setting. I don't know if it was it is Kurt all of those the actors, but it was yeah. Um, they, they, Everybody's great in this movie. Yeah. Every single actor nails their role, and they don't waste time on things which most modern day films would have done. And that's to shoehorn in one or two female characters in this remote Ar- uh, Arctic or Antarctic, uh, no Antarctic research station, and just so they could have a bit of a love story you know, be- yeah. between McCready and and the woman. Nope, we don't bother with that. We haven't got time for that in this hundred nine minutes, and it's the most packed. After maybe the first fifteen minutes, which is a little bit sedate while we're establishing the characters, once it starts. Once the dog head explodes open and you get to see Rob Bottin's uh, makeup effects come to life where this thing shoots out of, of the dog's heads and just starts killing all the other dogs. Oh, my God. This film never, ever stops after that point. And a worthy number two. So, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Very worthy good. to discuss last. On any other list, it would have been my, my number one. So I apologize again for that. But no, uh, if you haven't right. seen The Thing and you've had, you know, in, in 15 or 16 episodes of the show, you've had three different people recommend it. Yeah, uh, I think that's as big a wake-up call as you can get. It's don't worry about being in 982. Apart from the hairstyles and McCready's hat, you will not be able to tell. <laughs> yeah, oh, and, the, and the and the computer graphics when they're you know doing the simulation of how long it will take for the yes. the alien to take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apart from that, uh, all all the effects are really really top notch considering the time and and the, and more than anything oh. else, it's a great story. And like you said, the actors just nail it, and and that's what gives you such a uh, you know a suspenseful uh, movie, which is great. Yeah, and unfortunately, it, this was panned by critics when it came out. It's since become a cult classic. Everybody who goes back to watch it now, critics included, appreciated what it was, but it was unfortunately so badly received that Carpenter just went, I'm done, I'm done with the studio system, and he, and he almost, um, I can't remember if Starman was a studio film or not, but after that, once he completed his contract, he okay. was out. And, oh, really? and that's one of the reasons why he's a grumpy, crotchety old man now, who doesn't give a shit as long as he makes money off whatever property uh, of his is okay. used. So yeah, it's, a, it's a bit sad. Fantastic. All right, that's great. Um, that's number ten. That's the, the ten. Let's uh, round up your countdown. So at number ten was Mad Max Two. Number nine was The Hidden, which I'm going to have to go watch. Uh, number let eight. Me know, let me know how you go. I definitely. Um, number eight was The Blob. Number seven was Robocop. Number six is They Live. Number five is The Empire Strikes Back. Number four, Back to the Future. Three is Predator. Number two is The Thing. And number one is Aliens. So that is a strong top ten. And I don't think there'd there be a, 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 you know, maybe with the order for some people and things like that. But uh, outside of The Hidden, which I, I really I can't comment on because I, I don't know anything about it, everything else there you know, are movies that I've watched and I've, I've loved. So, yeah, strong top 10. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you again for the opportunity today. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure to sit down and talk films with you and talk about the genesis of the podcast and the like. So thank you, Darren. I really appreciate the invite. Uh, my pleasure, mate. My pleasure. So in considering that, I'll, I'll thank you for, for agreeing to do this and I'll give you the chance well. now to um, plug your show and where people can find you and interact with you because you guys have a, a strong presence online and on the socials and uh, you have, a like I said, a, a loyal fan base. And if you'd like to become part of that fan base, Paul will tell you how you can. Yeah, please do. Well, look, the easiest way is, and the, the cheat way is to type, type in the countdown movie and TV reviews, and you'll find our Twitter account, which is at the countdown PC. You'll find our Podbean page uh, where you can like and follow the show. But really, we, we mostly interact with our, with our fans through our Facebook listener community, which the link's in every show notes of an episode that we put out. So if you do decide to take the plunge and you like what you hear, Click on that in there and you can follow through to, to where we are or just search the Countdown uh, podcast, Facebook, this community, and you'll find us there. I think, do we have a, no, we just get you to, to apply for and then we'll approve you as long as you don't look like a bot, basically. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, the last place is ccradio.com.au for ourselves and the aforementioned other Aussie podcasts. All right. Well, I'll put all that into the show notes. So if uh, people miss that, they can go into the show notes and check that out. All the links will be there. So again, thank you very much, mate. Uh, I really appreciate you taking time out from, you know, you're, you're getting married in a couple of weeks. You've had an operation on your knee. So, uh, speedy recovery and enjoy, uh, your wedding. And I hope you have a, a fantastic time. Are you going away? Oh, uh, well, we were going for two weeks to Europe. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. Now we go, we, then we were like, oh, maybe we'll go over east. Uh, no, nah, probably not worth the risk being separated from our child if there is lockdown. So yeah. we're just going down south for four days. So nice. we'll have we'll maybe a few years down the track when things settle down, we can, we can have a proper honeymoon then. Fantastic. All right. That'd be – look, and, and uh, if you ever get to Melbourne, please uh, let me know and uh, I'd love to buy you a drink. Well, Darren, we used to, before COVID, we came across once, if not twice a year. So you may just uh, regret those poorly chosen words. But uh, thank you. It's a pleasure to catch up for buy your beer for having me on. Thanks All so right. much again. It's been a real pleasure. All right. Thank you, mate. Bye. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. So that's it, guys. Another one in the books. As you heard, Paul is a really fun guy and really good at his job. His podcast is really polished, very professional, and Wayne is a great character that I hope you go and check out their shows and experience the dynamic between those two guys. It's it's really good. They do work a little blue, uh, especially Wayne, but if you can put up with that, then I, I think you'll be very entertained. Uh, as usual, please subscribe, rate and review wherever you can, or just tell someone about my show if you think it was interesting. If you'd like to give me any tips, pointers, or suggestions for shows to follow up on, interview, or review, please let me know, and you can contact me at my guest list pod pretty much everywhere you look, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And I also have a Discord server, as I mentioned, so I'd really like that to be uh, an active place where we can discuss different podcasts and ideas and things like that so if you want to know where that is you can check the show notes uh, the link is there and you can just come over and say hi and take it from there so next week it's another review show and also next week it's probably going to be the first of my bonus episodes 
I did a recording with a fantastic young creator this week, Imari Reynolds, and you'll probably hear from him on Wednesday, around the Wednesday. I will see how we go with editing, but I'm hoping for around the Wednesday release on that one, and it'll be the first of my bonus episodes. So stay tuned for that. Otherwise, as usual, I'll chat at you again next week.